Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Now, I've been talking, I introduced this last week about spiritual mountaineering. When I, when I took my break, you know, and the first, uh, the first part of this break, God really began downloading a lot of things into me, and it was just amazing, and I'm going to try to unpack it uh, because I really believe he has something that he's doing and wants to do. And we talked about last week about spiritual mountaineering, talked about every one of us have our God-given assignment. Every one of you have a unique assignment only given to you. Only you can fulfill it. I know there's general, a general assignment that you preach the gospel, but then around that general uh, concept is specific assignments, like your assignment for your work, your career, or your ministry, uh, or your relationships, your marriage, your children. You know, your assignment uh, is given to you, and there's, through your life, you, you will find your assignment moves along in, in, and grows and comes around in, in many interesting ways, and you need to know your assignment. You need to believe your assignment, and then you need to achieve it. It's, and it's like climbing a mountain. And uh, mountain climbing is challenging. It's difficult. And I used, uh, I used this text, as, and I'm going to just go over it. Um, now, this is as far as we really got last week. Paul, uh, this is John's words out of Revelation chapter 4. Then I looked, and there before me was an open door in heaven. Now, get this picture. John is in his 80s. He's in his 80s. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to realize that, you know, I, I love what God is doing in today and among young people and stuff. But a lot of people, a lot, especially older people, feel like all of, every, the best is behind them. But John was in his 80s. John was in his 80s when he got this revelation, when he got this invitation. And it said, there was an open door in heaven, and I heard the same voice that spoke to me before. So this is a voice he was familiar with, and it was the voice that sounded like a trumpet. Now the voice takes, is taking, we talked about this, is taking on a different sound. It's a familiar voice, but... Their voice of God can change. Sometimes God's voice is like a trumpet. And then sometimes God just whispers. Sometimes he thunders. And sometimes he just says, child, come up higher. And so he, he says it was a voice that sounded like a trumpet. And it said, come up here. In the King James, it's like, come up higher. Come up here. Because God's in an elevated high place. Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. I'm going to give you revelation. I'm going to show you what's coming. That's, I believe, the invitation of the Holy Spirit to the church right now. It's the church, come up higher. I got some things I want to show you. It, it, when you get around and you, you, and, and you start realizing where we're at in history, where we're at as a, 
as a nation, as a people, as a church. The invitation of God is, come up higher, church. I've got something I want to show you about what's happening and what's going to happen. How many of you know that it's, 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 it's important we know what's happening? It's important if a trumpet, the Bible says, gives an uncertain sound, how will you prepare yourself for battle? The church has got to hear the voice of Jesus and get ready because the battle is underway. I'm telling you, the battle is underway. We used to preach the battle's coming. I'm here to tell you that the battle is here. And so in that invitation to climb and get higher, get up here, here's what I want to share with you today. He says, it says your assignment is unique to you, but I want to give you the enemy's plan around to keep you from getting to your assignment, and there's three things. We could talk about many things. It doesn't mean there's only three, but these are the three things that, that really I, I, I think are main and important to you right now and me. Number one is distraction. Weapons of mass distraction. Number two is diversion. Diversion is when you're headed in a certain way and you divert and head off another way. There's a lot of diversion. There's a lot of people who had a plan, had a purpose, and, but they got diverted. Circumstances, things happened. A, a, big, a big mountain got in your way and you decided whether to go through it, I'm going to go around it. And what you found yourself is on a long journey because there's times where you just have to stay in front of your mountain until the mountain moves. Because you cannot afford to be diverted. You cannot afford to be diverted because in the diversion comes more distraction, which leads you just to a lot of activity. How many of you feel like, how many, honestly, how many of you feel like you have been busy, but you're not getting anywhere? I'm really busy. I'm doing everything I know to do. But you see, here's what, here, here's what I've learned, is it's possible to get busy and climb the ladder. And you climb the ladder, and you press through. And if you're stubborn and resilient, you will climb the ladder, and you will get to the top. And guess what happens when you get to the top? You realize your ladder's leaning on the wrong wall. How did I get here? More importantly, how do I get down? See, I'm talking from experience. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get busy. It's easy to get diverted. It's easy to even, let me tell you something. You, you can really get successful in it too. God put his hand on me when I was a young man. I was in my 20s. I felt the call of God. I heard God say, who will go for me? And I said, here I am, Lord. Send me. And I have walked this out. Now you figure it out. I'm 62. And the enemy has done everything he could to distract me, to divert me, to destroy me. I took an assignment 
to pastor. And I felt like God had called me to that. I feel like I'm a God-called pastor. I didn't say I was good at it. I just said I'm called to it. And I, I took that call as a young man, and, 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 but through circumstances and distractions and, and diversions, I found myself in business in a very successful and lucrative business that made money. And the Bible says that you should beware lest when riches increase, you set your heart on them. And I lost my, my burn and my passion for the call of God. And I started be going after success in business. And I was successful. I built hundreds of homes and was, was part of a, of, of a business that made millions of dollars. I had a boat. I had an airplane. I had everything. People patted me on the back and said, man, God's really prospered you. But the problem was my heart turned. God is not against airplanes. If you have one you'd like to give away, I'd like to fly it. God's not against boats. He's not against you having money. But there is a problem when money has you. And there's a difference. And in my pride and in the success of my life, I set myself up in pride thinking, look at, look at, one day I looked over a subdivision that had like over 50 homes in it. And it was kind of like, look what I've accomplished here. Look at what my hand has done. There was hundreds of people working, homes going up. And I thought, man, and that, you know what that is? It's pride. You know what happens when you get proud? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And then came 2006. Not to mention the other battles and the enemy's plots and plans and distracted and diversion and destruction that came against me. And all of a sudden, everything I had began to shake. In, in a short amount of time, I lost everything. I ended up filing bankruptcy. I tell people the story of how there was a, I bought my last boat. My last boat was a 45-foot yacht that I bought without ever even signing papers. It was on my signature, that, uh, just a signature. I never filled out a loan application. I didn't have to. Are you, are you with me? You say, Pastor Mike, you sound like you're bragging. No, I'm telling you a story. And then after, after my bankruptcy, because I lost everything, I lost my home, I lost my boat, I lost my cars, I lost everything in my bankruptcy. I was diverted, I was distracted, I was, I was being destroyed. My, my life was at its lowest. I contemplated suicide. Because in, I was now in a backslidden condition. I've been open with you and told you the story. How that I went on a, on a prodigal journey in the middle of all of this. Rather than holding on to God. You see, because if I ever needed God, I needed him then. But there's something amazing that how when the trouble comes 
our, our tendency is to run away from God instead of run to God. And I'm here to tell you this morning that no matter what you're facing or what you're fighting, the wrong strategy is to run away from God. I can tell you that your trouble is only going to get deeper the further you run from God. I was running from my assignment. I was running from God. I was running from responsibility. I was running, 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 running. I was distracted, diverted, and being destroyed. I filed bankruptcy, lost everything. I was backslidden. My marriage was in trouble. My wife and I separated in the middle of all this. She couldn't stand me. I don't blame her. I couldn't stand me. And you know, here's the thing. When you can't stand yourself, it's really hard for anybody else to get along with you when you're so conflicted within. My advice to some of you that you think everybody's against you is get your heart right and it'll be amazing how people will change when you change. No, 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 wait, all my problem was her. Yeah, right. All my problems were an enemy, and the enemy was in a me. Shout amen, somebody. I know y'all ain't shouting. Y'all sitting there going, what, I, what are you doing? You, I'm telling you a story. How a young man burning with, Terry will tell you, when I was 24 years old and took my first church, I was on fire. I lived this, I ate this, I breathed this. I couldn't wait to get up in the morning. And I was all about what I was doing. And, and the enemy, in his subtleness, in his craftiness, you see, he's an age old and I was young and I was young and dumb in a lot of ways. And I got hurts and got disappointments and nursed my hurts and hurt the ones who were trying to nurse me. I mean, it's just a, it's just a vicious cycle. I'm in this backslidden condition. I filed bankruptcy. Me, who, had just, who could walk in a bank, I signed my name and bought parcels of of, of ground to, to develop. I had the largest line of credit in the bank in this region that we did business with. I'm talking about of all the businesses in this region, I had the largest line of credit, which is what you have to have to do business in what I was doing business in. Building subdiv uh, four subdivisions here in Portage. But see, God, I'm, I'm listening to me carefully. God never called me to build houses. My assignment was never to build houses. It was to build people. But I got distracted. I got diverted. And I nearly got destroyed. After my bankruptcy, I went to a water softening company in Valparaiso because I've now moved from a 4,000 square foot 
$385,000 house to a 1,500-square-foot ranch that had a well, and I needed a water softener. And I thought, well, the best thing for me to do would be just rent one. And I went in to rent a $19 a month water softener. And the guy started filling it out. I filled it out. He ran it, came back, said, I'm going to have to have somebody co-sign for you. And I said, what? Yeah, he says, your credit came back. You're in bankruptcy. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, well, I can't do it under your name. I have to get a co-signer. That ticked me off. I realized just how low I had gotten, how much the enemy had knocked me down, how much he had, how much he had, it just, it just, it made me, it made me so ashamed. And it was part of, it made me so angry. You know what happened? You know, so here's the thing. A lot of us, we get in trouble. We think, well, what am I going to do? Here's what you need to do. You need to get so angry at the devil you say, devil, you're going to be sorry you ever did this to me in the first place. Because that I had to, it took me, it took me seven years to rebuild my name, my credit, everything. But I give honor and glory to God because I repented of my sin, my pride, my stubbornness, my, uh, my prodigal journey. I repented for my distractions, my diversions. I repented for how I'd opened myself up to the enemy. See, the enemy can't come without a cause. You reap And let me tell you something, it follows you. Now, I need, I need to make a confession, and this is not easy, but this might, I have to get in front of this. So when I filed bankruptcy, I went to an attorney here in town, paid him, I don't know, Terry, we paid him a lot of money. It was a big bankruptcy because it wasn't just me personally, it was, I had two businesses and it involved a lot of things. And it was a complicated bankruptcy. It took time. It took a lot. I never realized what was involved in it. I hated to file bankruptcy. I do not recommend it for anybody. I, I say fight it through. But I, I, was, I, I was in so deep. My attorney said, you don't, have a, you don't have an option here with what's going on here. And, and don't think that I let, because when, when it all was said and done, when they sold my assets and everything, it covered almost everything. So I, because I didn't want to leave a bunch of people holding the bag for me. Are you with me? It, it violated my integrity and, and I fought through all of that too and guilt and shame and condemnation. I told you what I've been through this week, yesterday when I went out, left Symphony to go get my dad's recliner, 
I'm on my way back from Symphony. I get pulled over by a Crown Point police officer. They pull me out of the car and handcuffed me and arrested me and took me to Lake County Jail. And I'm like, what is going on? I, I get put in the holding tank and I'm with a young man, 24 years old. I'm like, well, praise God, maybe I'm here for him. What's your name? Jesse. Hey, Jesse. I'm Pastor Mike. I said, I don't really know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on. But I got to figure you might be a part of it. I get in there. He, he says, I, I go, how long have you been sitting here? And he goes, oh, a couple hours. He goes, you ain't going nowhere. He says, they don't, the judge don't show up here till Monday. I said, uh, the devil's a liar. <laughs> they call me out. I get, I get fingerprinted, mug shot. You, can you imagine how the enemies... My dad's over in Symphony. He had a rough morning. All of, he pulled all of his tubes out. Mark's waiting for me at Symphony. <laughs> so when I get out, I, go get, I finally get to the booking officer. I go, can you tell me why I'm in here? He goes, there was a failure to appear warrant issued against you. I, I got a failure to appear. Yeah. He goes, look, it's from 2009. And I'm like, 2009? And he goes, yeah, evidently you owed somebody and they took you to small claims court. And I said, I never got served with anything. How much? So they posted, my wife bailed me out. I'm a jailbird now. <laughs> my granddaughter's with her. I come walking out of there singing, I fought the law and the law won. No, I'm serious. This is, because this is, my mugshot probably will be in, you know, how they do the police blotter. Now y'all be looking for it. Because somebody's going to look at it and they're going to call you, hey, did you know what, did you know your pastor was under arrest? And you're going to go, oh my God, what has he done now? How was your day? Anyway, an hour later I was out. Had to post $250. I'm like, I told, I, I told him, I said, look, if I'd have known I owed somebody $250, I'd have wrote him a check. But here's the thing. It was all in my bankruptcy. In my paperwork, this, this very thing was discharged. And I was wrongfully arrested. And I have the paperwork to prove it. But I'm not mad. 
I never said, I was so, they were like, you're so nice. I go, you're just doing your job. And I appreciate you for doing your job. And, I, and, I, and it was funny, the girl was, she's filling out this information, date of birth, all this stuff. She goes, do you work? I said, I used to. And she goes, no, this is just a minor thing. You won't lose your job. I said, I hope not. <laughs> she goes, what do, you, what do you do? I said, say hello to Pastor Mike. <laughs> she started laughing. And I started laughing with her. You see, this is how things from your past... The devil's not, he's not playing. I was, I, I was in a, in, in, I, you know, I've been in a, I've been in a, it's been a rough week. But I've been walking in this, I've been walking in this, walking in this, walking in this. I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. It's not just me. How many of you, how many of you have been under just an uncommon attack? I mean, you know, it's just not normal. I mean, I'm a, listen, there's plenty of reasons I could have went to jail years ago. But here I am sitting there thinking, what am I doing here? And that, you know, it was funny because that, you know what first came to me? At midnight, Paul and Silas sang praises. Yeah. I'm like, well, it ain't midnight, I ain't singing. <laughs> We're under unprecedented attacks. I'm telling you something. The enemy is trying to stop me and you from your assignment. I'm telling you the devil is relentless. Some of you are, you, you, have, a, you have a will to do this, but you are so busy and active trying just to get through the day that it's really hard for you to focus on the thing that God has called you to, and it just causes me. I tell you, church, I am so ready to see what God is about to do because all of this has to be for a reason. All this that we have endured, all the attacks of the enemy, all these little things the enemy has come against us, sickness and, and, and attacks and disease and, and cancer and and trouble and, and aggravation and, and all the irritation and oh, all of it. I can't wait to see what God is unleashing. Because you know the devil knows there's something about to happen here or he wouldn't be bothering me or you. He would not waste his time in all of this if he didn't know there's something about to uncork here. And I'm just, I have to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm talking to you from a person who's walking this through with you. You say, well, you know, pastor, that's easy for you to say. No, it's not easy for me to say. 
You're looking at a man who is admitting to you, I know what it is to be distracted. I got so distracted. And here's the thing about my distraction. As much of the church was patting me on the back saying, boy, God has really blessed you. When somebody should have got up in my face and said, Mike, are you really doing the thing you should be doing? And when I got, listen to me, when I got serious, when I came back to God and I said, I am done with all of these distractions and I left my business, I walked away from everything and I said I'm going back to where what my assignment is and when I did that much of the church resisted and rejected my my heart for this and said maybe you shouldn't quit your job and a pastor said this is a mistake When I, just, when I told him, I, I'm out, I quit, I'm, d- I'm done with all of this, I said, I'm going to go, I am going whole hog for Jesus. I'm pushing all in or I'm out. And I decided I'm going in. How about you? How about you? I'm not playing games here. I hear the people, you know, people around you say, oh, be careful. You might get a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, well, what if you stay around on the, on the, on the perimeter, you're, the devil's still going to irritate and aggravate you till he drives you crazy. At least there's some reciprocation going on here because I am giving the devil a migraine. He is freaking out. Whenever he sets me in some situation, I come out of it smelling like a rose. I want to, I want to tell you something. I'm also tomorrow. I'm going down to Lake County and I'm getting my $250 back. Yeah. And then I'm going to give it to that, to that Christmas miracle thing just to make the devil sorry that he ever messed with me in the first place. It had nothing to do with $250. Much of the battle you're facing isn't the battle you're facing. It's that the devil doesn't want you to get connected with your calling. And if you get connected with your calling, you're going to turn hell upside down and heaven is coming right back in to where you're supposed to be. And I'm telling you something, I am tired of us sitting back and saying, now what's the devil going to do? It's about time the church stood up and the devil said, oh my God, what's the church going to do? That's the thing that should be happening. We should be gearing up to do the thing that God has called us to do. Lay hands on the sick. Prophesy in Jesus' name. Stop long enough to ask God, Lord, is my ladder on the right wall? Is my ladder on the right wall? Because let me tell you something. I climbed to the top of my ladder. And when I got there, I realized it meant nothing because I had all of that stuff, but I was void a relationship with Jesus. I sold out. Are you distracted? It's possible. Think about it. It's possible to love Jesus. I'm talking love Jesus. 
It's possible to serve Jesus. Remember Mary and Martha? Jesus comes to their house. You, you two ladies, come with me. I always use men. Now we got some pretty ladies here. You, you're going to hate me? Are you going to hate me for this? I got to be careful. I don't want, I can't take no rejection. I'm an ex-con. There's a story in the Bible. You had this little sweet young Mary. This Mary loved Jesus. She loved Jesus. And you had Martha. I'm not picking on anybody. Somebody's got to be Martha. In fact, listen, we have a whole church full of Marthas. Martha, she loved Jesus too. Martha loved Jesus and she went about cooking him lunch. After all, wouldn't it be nice if we cooked Jesus lunch if he showed up? He never asked for lunch. How much are what we doing? We're doing out of a love or we feel like, man, this is what Jesus, this will, this will really, Jesus would love lunch. But he didn't tell us to produce that lunch. Mary, she goes and sits at Jesus' feet. And she listens to his word. She sits at his feet and stops. Oh, my, Pastor Mike, don't, do, don't go there because if we stop, who's going to carry everything? Maybe if we just stopped long enough to get some instruction, <laughs> once we got doing something... It would carry an edge of power and fruitfulness that we have not even touched yet. Because a lot of our stuff is just activity. If Jesus didn't ask for it, why are we doing it? So Mary's just worshiping Jesus because that's how you really worship Jesus is you sit at his feet and you hear his word. Oh, speak to me, Jesus. Speak to me. And, and she's just sitting at the feet. Martha's in there going, what is wrong with her? Why isn't she in here helping me? She's lazy. I can just hear all, you know how this works, right? <clears throat> she probably got something against me. She probably don't like me, and she's in here sitting at Jesus' feet, acting all spiritual. <laughs> and I'm in here working my butt off, sweating. <clears throat> and Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, you are careful and troubled. That's what it says in the King James. You know what it means? You are worried and distracted about many things. But Mary hath chosen the better part. Because the only answer to distraction is to get back to attraction. This attraction, because activity without Jesus at the center, is a dis 
attraction, even if it's religious in nature. And the only way to get this rectified and get back to our assignment is to become re-attracted to Jesus. You know what? I, I, I want to say this. The church was really desperate right now to fall back in love with Jesus one more time. You said, oh, Pastor Mike, what we need is another prayer meeting. We need another conference. We need another seminar. We need another thing. <laughs> no, what we need is to put Jesus back at the center. To get re-attracted. To overcome our distraction. Mary had chosen. Mary sat. Can you sit down? You're young. Am I annoying you? So she's sad. You get, you get this picture? She's resting. She's relaxed. Now, she's distracted. What would somebody distracted and careful and troubled, cooking, trying to get it all done, feel like you're all alone? What would she be doing? Do it. <laughs> you look like you're Watusi, and I don't understand. I'm moving. That's... But, and here's the problem. Many of us are so busy moving, so busy being busy, and we, and we even take pride in our busyness. Nobody's doing as much as I am. If I, y'all wish I'd have got stayed locked up, don't you? If the church doesn't find this, if we don't find this, this is going to kill us. Because we're going to be like the church in Revelation where Jesus says, I know you're busy. Yeah, I know your works. But you forgot something. You left your first love. I looked at, you guys can sit down. Thanks. I like having you up here as my wingmen or wingwomen. I did a study years ago on the book of Revelation, and it says, I would that thou were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Right? I, I looked at that and I thought, well, what does that mean? And as I studied it, I got a revelation in this that just completely messed me up. The difference between a hot Christian and a cold Christian. Because that's what he's talking about, a hot Christian and a cold Christian. So you know what a, you know what a hot Christian is, right? A hot Christian isn't somebody who has no needs. <clears throat> a hot Christian is somebody who keeps taking his needs to Jesus. Listen to me, church. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. A hot Christian is someone who has needs, 
knows they have needs, but they just keep taking them to Jesus. <clears throat> a cold Christian is someone who has needs, but they go to the world to get their needs met. Hello? So you got a hot Christian and a cold Christian. Both have needs. One goes to Jesus. One goes to the world. If you're getting your need met in a drink, in a, in a pill, in a shot, in a relationship, in money, in position, in power, you're going to miss it. Because that thing can't meet your need. Jesus says, if you have need, come to me. All you that labor, heavy laden, come unto me. Hot Christian has needs, goes to Jesus. Cold Christian has needs, goes to the world. What's a lukewarm Christian? What is the lukewarm Christian? You got a cold Christian, a hot Christian, and a lukewarm Christian. What's a lukewarm Christian? He says, I have no needs. Because thou sayest, I have no need. Revelation 3, look at it. Because thou sayest, thou have no need, I will spew you out of my mouth. Hot Christian, I have needs, I'm going to Jesus. Cold Christian, I got needs, I'm going to the world. The worst part of all this is the lukewarm Christian who says, I don't have any needs. Because thou sayest, I have no need, I say to thee, I will spew out of my mouth. I say, anoint your eyes with eye salve so you can see. Bow your heads with me. Wow. Just going to get still, get quiet here for a second. So which one of those three categories would you find yourself today? Hot? See, a lot of people think, well, if I was, if you're a Christian, you wouldn't have any needs. <laughs> All righty then. <clears throat> now a hot Christian has needs. <clears throat> And they're going to God to get their needs met. Cold Christian. I got needs, but I'm getting my needs met somewhere else. But Jesus' message was to the lukewarm church. The ones who say, I don't have any needs. See, that's how you see that reflected in. I don't go to the Lord. I don't take my problems to the Lord. I don't take my prayers and my requests and my burdens to, to even to other people. It's none of their business. Hey, can I pray for you? Nah, I'm good. What's funny, in all of my days going out with Revive, I met tons and tons of people out on the streets who were more open than the church. When I said, hey, can I pray for you? I had people, I, I remember one particular time when Jelly was with me. I think, I, I think Riley, you were there too. 
and we were in Michigan City. Remember when we were on the porch and they were drinking and they were all drinking. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And before we left, every one of them prayed and gave their heart to Jesus because they recognized I got needs. And they came, they brought it to Jesus. Then I go to the church and I come and I stand here Sunday in, Sunday out. Meet people. People come and I say, hey, how are you doing? I call people. Hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you for a while. Everything all right? Hey, can I pray for you? No, everything's good. Everything's good. Good, 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 good. You, you, you walk in this, you, you're walking into victory, you're living over this, above this, overcoming in this. Yeah, 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 I got this, I got this. Whoo. You need anything? No, 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 no. That's a lukewarm Christian. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to invite pastors and elders and our prayer leaders to come to the front with me. Are you hot today? Are you a hot believer and you have needs? Then I invite you to come. Are you a cold Christian? You've just, you've just given up going after God. Maybe you've, you know, hope deferred made the heart sick. Maybe God didn't come through and you've just the enemy's told you God isn't going to answer your prayer and you've just been going other places and struggling and carrying a heavy burden. Hey, today I'm going to invite you to bring your need to Jesus. Let someone pray for you. But today I'm really going after that lukewarm person. The person who's been saying, I don't need anything. I'm good. I got this. And yet you're so distracted. You've been so diverted. You're so far from where your purpose began and your calling was birthed and, you're, and you were just uh, impregnated with the hope of the gospel and now you're just living a life and trying to get through for what? What's the, what's the goal? What's the end goal in, for that? I'm busy, but I'm climbing the wall. I'm, I'm going to get there, but, but are you going to climb the right wall? And when you get there, how do you know if you got there? And how do you know that you climbed the right wall if you, if you didn't take Jesus with you? I got good news for you. Even if you climbed, see, I climbed the wrong wall. I nearly lost everything. Most importantly, I almost lost my wife. Next Friday, we celebrate 44 years. Yeah. I'm sure glad I'm going to be out in time for her anniversary. <laughs> I almost lost this precious gift because I climbed the wrong wall and kind of did a whatever it takes attitude. And, and then, I, then I just gave up even caring. Yeah, this is what it is. But, and then, but then God in his mercy brought me back again. Like the prodigal son, he chased me. 
I didn't go back to God. God came back to me. God ran me down. I'm here today because God didn't give up on me. The only reason I'm standing here today is because the father ran to me and fell on me. And he said, bring the fatted calf. Bring the robe, the ring, and the sandals. Because my son who was lost is found. That's why I'm here today, church. He had every right to kick me to the curb. But he wouldn't do it. That's what you call reckless love. See, that just isn't a song for me. That's a reality for me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. God, heal your church today. Bring your lost sons and daughters back home. Holy Spirit, we call our sons and daughters back home. Oh, God, we call our sons and daughters home. Oh, Jesus. 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 Bow your heads with me, would you please? Father, I feel your presence in this place. I feel your love calling people back, breaking the chains of lukewarmness and coldness from their hearts. Today you want to meet some needs, Lord. Today you want to open up some hearts and you want to change lives. Today you want to call some sons back home, some daughters back home. Today, God, it's not a problem for you. It's, a, it's what you were... It's what you're all about, for you are love. God is love. And God, you so loved us. You gave your only begotten son. Whoo. Wow. 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 There's just such a holy presence of God right here, right now. Do you sense this? There's no condemnation here. There's no guilt and no shame here. It's just a simple loving invitation to bring your burdens to the Lord. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. 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 What you want to do in people's lives. Wow. So here's the invitation. It's really simple. If you have a need and you want to bring it to Jesus, whether it's a need to rededicate and recommit your life to Jesus, whether it's to get forgiveness for something that you've been dabbling in because of a distraction, it's just something that's got you diverted. You know you've been struggling. Your conscience is crying out for release. And the Holy Spirit says, come, 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 come. If you have a need today, 
If you have a need to recommit to your calling, your ministry, your purpose that you have walked away from, and you hear the Father saying, come home, my child, come home. You say, but Pastor Mike, you don't understand how messed up I am. I remember that old, old song. Remember this? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy son did die for me. O Lamb of God, I come. I come. I come. So right now, everybody look at me, eyes open. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But if you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. You don't be, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of my return, my, my repair, my restoration, my reset in the Lord. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed about where I've been because where I've been has nothing to do with where I'm going. Hallelujah. If you need prayer this morning, I want to invite you to come. If you have a need, I want to invite you to come. If you need the Holy Spirit, you've been struggling, you feel so weak and so powerless and so helpless, I want you to come. The Holy Spirit's inviting you, He's calling you to come. Come, 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 come in the name of Jesus. Come in the name of Jesus. Come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. Oh, we worship you, we worship you. Father, we just bless people. We bless your people this morning. Father, I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit to call people, to talk to people, to speak to people, to open up their hearts, to put a fire in them, God, once again, that they'll burn with hot passion in their love for you, Jesus. Bless them this week. Bless them this week. Bless them this week. Bless them this week, I pray, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.